Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Anyway, let's jump into our new series for this evening called Margin. Just by a show of hands, how many of you guys in the last, let's just say two weeks, feel like your schedule has been pushed to the max? You've had very little opportunities for anything else beyond, in fact, your schedule keeps getting more full than normal. Last two weeks, your schedule's been overloaded, right? Raise your hands. All right, awesome. How many of you guys right now, if you just were to be honest, uh, over the last, let's just say, month or two, you look at your finances and you would say, you know what, I get to the end of the month and there's really not much there. Or worst case scenario, somehow I'm in the red and I don't really know how I got here, right? How do you guys show up here to say financially things have been a little bit more strapped than normal last month or two? Really? Not many people. Great. So this is a financial series we're going to do. That's awesome to hear. No, I'm just kidding. It is a financial series, but we're not here to ask for your money. We are going to talk about how God's best for you is for you to create margin in your life. So many of us, we live to our limits. We push ourselves to the extremes, right? There's no space or capacity for much else. Whether it's in your time, whether it's in your resources, your finances, or your relationships, most of you, if I were to say, hey, honestly, plug you up to a light detector, how's life right now? Like, are you really enjoying your life right now? Are you really enjoying where you are? How many of you would say, yeah, absolutely, life's great. Or you'd say, I got to go, I'm too busy. I got this thing I got to go to. Right, if I were to pull up your calendar for you A-type personalities who like lists and everything, and look at your blocks of time, how many of you would say, really, there's no margin in time? So I, I learned this lesson the hard way as a young pastor. I was 20 years old. Uh, I got ordained planting a church in a small college town. And I learned very quickly while juggling college classes and planting a church uh, that there was really just no time for anything else. Uh, Church planting is not a one day a week job. Uh, I know that's news to maybe some of you in the room, but it's not just a Sunday morning opportunity or for us a Saturday night opportunity. It's like a seven day job. And for some reason, it always feels like it's an eight or a nine day job for those of us who are pastors in ministry, which to Mike's point is why so many pastors get burnt out so fast. Because there never seems to be enough time in the day. I love doing lawn care. Here's why. Lawn care, I can cut my grass. It will stay cut for at least a few days. Like it will look pretty for a few days, right? In ministry, I can meet with someone over a coffee or over a beer. And the next day, we'll do another dumb decision. Like we just talked about that. Like I wasted my time meeting with you. But my lawn doesn't do that, right? It stays cut for at least a day or two, right? So I love that I can accomplish something that does what it's supposed to do for a day or two. Ministry is hard. It's working with people, volunteers, and doing things that honestly sucks the life out of you if you're not careful. And I absolutely love it. I love what I get the chance to do here at Awaken. And our volunteers and our staff, I think they would echo the same thing. But it's hard work. And one of the things that we love about being a Saturday night worship gathering church is that we've built into your schedule an entire day, Sunday, for you to wake up with your family, do life with your friends, create margin for God to do something in your life. But if it's just another day in the week, 
more than likely, you got somewhere to fill tomorrow. I got to do groceries, I got to go to this, I got to do this, got homework to do for Monday with the kids, right? And all of a sudden, schedules that up. Parents, right? How's margin with you and your kids? You got soccer practice, you've got gymnastics, you've got this event over here, you got a birthday party, and by the end of the week, you've got no time for you and your spouse because the entire week was sucked up with your kids. Whose fault is that? Is that your kid's fault? Part of it is understanding that God's best for you is for you to have space and to teach your kids, modeling to them the very principles of creating margin in your life from the very beginning of their existence. If there's no room and no margin, then how can God really work in your life or your kids' lives? So sometimes it means saying no to things that are okay or even good because later on you can say yes to God's best. Sometimes saying no to good things will lead to saying yes to God's best things. But if we say yes to everything, we're going to miss out on those opportunities. So there's a book that I read in my early 20s around margin, and no no faults or no shame in this. I'm going to steal some things from this book for this series because I think it's a great book. So if you want to write it down, you're a book person, listen to the audio book if you want. It's uh, it's a book by the name of uh, Dr. Richard Swinson called Margin. And it really shaped a lot of the things for me that led to my belief about Sabbath, my belief about my relationships, time, and of course my resources, my money, things like that. So here's how I'm going to define margin throughout this series for us over the next three weeks. It's a very short series. It leads right up to our vision check series and then into Easter, which is crazy. Easter is five weeks away, by the way, right? Insane. So just a quick pulse check. You guys ready for spring and Easter? We didn't get any snow this year. Anybody upset about that? Yeah, amen to that. Terrible. Summer guys, you're all about the, you're like bring on the sandals and flip-flops and the beach days, right? You guys, all right. Well, nice thing is that, yeah, some of you guys wear flip-flops year-round, uh, although you're wearing <laughs> boots tonight, so it's a terrible analogy. <clears throat> Lonnie Jocelyn, <clears throat> All right, here's how to find margin for the series, and it's a little bit, uh, uh, it's, it's, edu- it's a, what's the right phrase I'm trying to look for? It's, it's a schooling type definition, right? But I'm going to give you a practical one too. So here's the first one I would say. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. So here's my like fifth grade version of that definition. Margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. Margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. Here's margin. I try to arrive, if I'm meeting Jeff for coffee this week, I try and arrive about five to ten minutes early. So if I need to do that, I need to leave my house by about 20, 30 minutes ahead of time. It's a 20-minute travel. I've left 10 minutes of margin. You guys got it. There you go right? I got bills to pay, right? I got $100 left for the week, $80 of of budgeted bills left. I have $20 of? There you go. You guys are winning the lottery tonight. Great job. These these basic principles of margin is is something that many of us miss out on. It's going to seem fundamental and silly at the beginning, but I promise you by the end of hopefully not just tonight, but this series, there are some radical large, major, significant differences that I hope that you will either implement into your life or realign in your life. Because so many of us, we live to the extremes. 
How many of you guys have ever read something by Dave Ramsey pertaining to finances? Anybody Dave Ramsey fans in the room? All right. I'm not a huge fan, but there's some really good things out there that he does. And he does this $0 budget. If you're not familiar with it, basically he talks about budgeting your finances to where every dollar is spoken for. What this eliminates is for you to get to the end of the month and say, hey, where all my money go, right? Where, where, what happened? So if you want to budget it and, and put money into savings or to giving to the church or to groceries or your car payment, everything has to be budgeted accordingly. I like the concept of it, but there are times where sometimes we get so legalistic about our lives, whether it's money, time, relationships, that there's really very little space for what I call divine interruptions. These moments where we allow God to break through our life, interrupt our day, and we welcome it. If your life is packed from, from the time that you get up to the time that you go to bed, not only are you left feeling exhausted, not only are your relationships feeling exhausted by watching you be exhausted, not only are your kids exhausted, but all of a sudden, God said, hey, you left no room for me today. There was no margin. There's a, a story, if you want to turn with me in, the, in your Bible apps or up on the screen as well, in Luke chapter 10, of two women who meet with Jesus. And what I love about this story is that this story in Luke chapter 10 kind of outlines this idea of the opportunity that two women had the same experience with Jesus, but because of their perspectives around margin, they walk away with very different interactions with Jesus. So if you have a Bible app, it's Luke chapter 10, Verse 38, we're going to read a few verses together. It's also put on the screen out of the New Living Translation. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Let me read that verse differently, right? <laughs> Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? <laughs> Will you please tell her to come help me? That's all I hear, like that whiny. I'm not a very good, I'm not a whiner, so I can't do it naturally, right? So that wasn't a very good one. How, how many of you guys, Lonnie, will you come read this verse for me? If you don't, I'm just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. That was, that was terrible. And this was, the Lord says to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So these two women have the exact same opportunity. We've got Mary on one side, Martha on the other side, and Jesus, the Son of God, is present in the story, and Mary creates a moment she could have done a hundred things, right? She could have been doing laundry. She could have been worried about, does the toilet paper match the drapes? Does, is the fine china out? Are these things set up the right way, right? By the way, if your toilet paper matches the drapes, that's weird, right? Super weird. Some of you guys, like, you know, might, might be that kind of stuff. I don't know. But whatever the case is, she's trying to, you know, she could be worried about all the things to get it exactly right, perfectly aligned. I remember growing up in a home that was always very, very clean, but my mom would say it wasn't clean, it was just picked up. She's here tonight, so I have to be careful how I quote my mom. <laughs> but it's true. I grew up, and I would say that my house was always clean. I mean, she raised three 
hellion boys. They were Legos and toys and rollerblades and basketballs and everything all over the place. And yet our house was always very clean. But I've learned the trick from my mom is that it's not about cleanliness. It's about the appearance of cleanliness, right? So if you come over to my house, it's not dusted. Like you pull the book off the shelf and you wipe it, there's going to be a good amount of dust there. I promise you. But you walk in and you're like, man, for a bachelor, Philip, your, your apartment looks pretty nice. I'd say, thank you. I worked real hard on it. It's not clean, though. It's vacuumed. It's not dusted, right? There are little ways around that. But the point of it is, is that in this process, Mary creates a moment with Jesus. Mary tries to work hard at developing a space, margin in her life for this relationship. And Martha is so worried about giving God her best, which looks so good on paper, right? All of us, it's easy to read a story about Mary and Martha and say, oh yeah, obviously let's go be Mary, right? She's doing the right thing. But let's just be honest. Let's look in the mirror for a second. How many of us would be really focused on just hanging out with Jesus when the Son of God sits in your living room? Right? How many of you guys would say, let's go get the finest stuff to prepare a nice dinner? I love hosting. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love cooking a fancy meal. I love having, you know, a right, the right kind of wine out to match the dinner. I want appetizers. I want it laid out on the right kind of, t- like, like uh, you know, placemats. I want, I want all of it looking right. And sometimes I can be just as guilty as Martha in the story when you guys come visit me by spending so much time focused on how it looks and how it appears that I miss relational opportunities in the moment. How many of you guys say that's me? Honestly. Anybody? That's me. I'm a huge relational guy. I love relationships. I love friendships. I love deep connections. I used to tease Jeff often when Jeff and I first... Uh, got to know each other a little bit, we go into meetings, and I learned that it's better to meet with Jeff over food, like lunch or coffee, because he has something in his hand that's not his phone, so he looks at me, right? But if we meet on, like, couches, Jeff is quick to pull out Twitter or start scrolling. He promises me that he's fully engaged in the conversation, but, like, you wouldn't know that if you were walking by and you looked at you and say, that guy's on his phone the whole time. He doesn't care at all what the other guy is saying, right? It's not true. I'm giving Jeff the benefit of the doubt. So I've learned that tacos with Jeff is a better option than Starbucks with Jeff because he has to eat chips and salsa and tacos with me so his hands are occupied. I get eye contact. I'm a big eye contact guy. So Jeff and I are going to have tacos this week, right? We're not going to Starbucks because I get, I get phone Jeff versus tacos Jeff. And I love tacos Jeff, right? And we both win because tacos are great. But part of it for all of us is learning how do we not only just be present, but how do we create healthy margin in our life? How many of you, even if you're looking at someone in the eyes, you're thinking about the next thing you have to do? How many of us, when we're walking to the next meeting, are thinking about the four or five things waiting for you at home? These seem like silly things, but I want us to stop for a minute because to me, this is basically idolatry. And we can laugh about it all day long, but at the end of the day, if margin is not created in our life, I believe we are living in sin. And that can seem aggressive, that can seem harsh, but at the end of the day, I truly believe that God's best is not for you to fill every inch of your schedule. If your neighbor comes to knock on your door, 
because the kids want to play together. But you're too busy or you're never home. You've missed neighborhood divine interruptions. If you're always out to eat and never at home, those moments for you to bump into your neighbors on the way home from work, you miss some divine interruptions. If you've spent every penny, then the next time you see someone on Facebook who's having a hard time and you just want to take dinner to them, but you don't have the extra 30, 40 bucks to buy the stuff to make them dinner and take it to them, you have no, you have no margin. You've eliminated that divine interruption into your budget. You see, on the surface, this seems like a basic stewardship idea, and it is. But the sin issue below it is really more around the fact that you and I have learned how to be so maxed out, pushed to the limits, that we've missed out on God's best for us. I wrote it down this way in my notes, and I thought this may be a good way. So if you're a note taker, maybe write this one down. But some of us become so busy at doing lesser things that we miss out on the most important things. We are distracted from the very best God has for us. Do we have that one, Heather, by chance? Some of us become so busy at doing lesser things that we miss out on the most important things. We are distracted from the very best that God has for us. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how busy are you right now? Don't tell me. You have a notepad in front of you or your program or a phone. Just think about it for a second. On a scale of 1 to 10, how busy are you? 10 being like if I asked you for 30 minutes this week, would you be able to hang out with me? You better all say yes to that question real fast. I like tacos. Jeff and I are hanging out having tacos. Can we do tacos this week, Jeff? Is that cool? Yeah, all right. And really what this stems from, the sin issue, for me at least, and I'll be honest with you, the sin issue for me is that I can get so caught up in the tasks and the production level that I feel like I'm worth. Listen to me really closely, guys. This is important. So many of us value our worth, our identity, based on the production and the tasks we accomplish. We fall into the temptation of being Martha that we miss the moments to spend with Jesus and the people that Jesus puts in our lives. That's what I mean by saying we're so busy doing good things that we miss out on God's best things. So I want to give you a couple of passages of Scripture tonight that I want to speak life into because this series is not just about teaching about having space for margin. I want to give you some practical steps for it. And I also just want to speak life into you tonight because I think one of the things that a church is responsible for doing is not just teaching or not just uh, helping you understand Scripture. But man, I hope that you leave here tonight saying this is possible. Like I can literally make changes in my life that will impact the way that I do my family's life, my finances, my schedule. Because some of you right now, you're past the point. You're honestly, you're too, you feel like you're too far gone in the margin category. So if I can just get you to come back to reality a little bit, that's a huge win. For some of you, you've already ignored a half of what I said tonight because you're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. G- good idea, Philip. That's, that's, that's a funny one, <laughs> right? That's a good one. This is reality. God's best is for you to create margin. If you tell me you don't have space for it, then you are not willing to follow Jesus. Very simple. If you're not willing to create margin in your life, 
that I promise you that you're not willing to follow Jesus. Jesus says that I am interested in all of you, not part of you. I'm interested in you giving me your whole life, not when it's convenient in your schedule. That's what Jesus is interested in. If we give Jesus only half of who we are or when it fits into our schedule, man, we have the wrong idea of the gospel. The gospel requires you to die to yourself and take up a new way of living. And if you're not willing to go there, then I want to introduce you to a different Jesus, right? This is not the convenience version. This is not the go through the drive through version of Jesus. There's a real life-changing, transformative way of living. And it requires you to learn how to say no to some things because God's best is available to you. So there are two things I want to encourage you with tonight that happens when margin decreases in your life. These are what happens when things aren't going well. The first one is that when margin decreases, your stress increases. Can I get an amen? When you have no margin in your life, your stress increases, right? Think about the conversations with your spouse. When, when there's no margin in your life, it's hard. I know for me that some of the most stressful times in my life are when I look at my calendar and my budget and there's nothing there to give. I hate that feeling. I hate it when I look at my budget, especially. I look at my finances and I'm like, that's it. There is literally nothing else there to give. I talked about this in the free series, and I, I mean this about the margin series as well. I don't just want a little bit of freedom, right? I want all of it. I want God's best for freedom in my life. And the same thing is true for margin. I don't just want a little tiny sliver of margin in my life. I want a margin that allows me to walk in God's will and God's best for me. But it's going to require discipline, onus, responsibility on me. It's not just going to all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, that's really cool. That's what margin feels like. Wow, that's fantastic. Unless you quit your job, right? Unless you just want to like quit your job and figure out how to live in like, you know, maybe like a commune somewhere and, and do life that way. Maybe that's your thing. But otherwise, it's probably going to require some sacrifice, some discipline for you. When there's no margin, your stress goes up. And I promise you that you are not God's best child. You are not God's best ambassador. You are not God's best missionary sent into a world when you are living with no margin. When you are stressed, you are not able to operate God's best. Try and argue with me. I promise you as someone who has walked there and been there, you will not be able to be used by God effectively. Number two, when margin decreases, your relational capacity and intimacy also decreases. When you have no margin in your life, it is impossible to love your neighbor well. When you have no margin in your life, I guarantee you, financially and around time, and those of you who are married in this room, you know exactly what I'm talking about, when there is no margin in your life, it is the first place that your marriage fights about. Time and money. Hey, I bought this extra thing at Target today. How much was it? Why did you need to spend that money on that? Hey, I scheduled to go out to dinner with a friend this week. We haven't seen each other for a whole week, and you scheduled a meeting with a friend? It is the first thing that you will argue about with your spouse when time and money have no margin. 
But here's the big one. When you have no margin in your life, I promise you the first thing that goes is your intimacy with God. When you have no margin in your life, you have no ability to lean into what God's saying to you. Your prayer life suffers. Your time in the Word suffers. Your rest and Sabbath suffers. Your stewardship, generosity, they suffer. Your ability to reach the lost suffers. Your ability to gather within your Christian community suffers. Every one of the 12 pathways that we live by here at Awakened Church, they suffer when you don't have margin in your life. I promise you. I'll go down the list with you. Margin has such a huge impact, not just on your life, but on the ripple effect of everyone around you. And it starts with God and it ends with your neighbor. And everyone in between pays the price for your lack of margin. This is how critical margin is in your life. I'm not blowing out of proportion. As a church, we want you to have margin in your life so that you can live a generous life, so that you can connect with your neighbor and be sent on mission. We want you to have margin in your life because we believe that living a discipleship life leads to a missionary life. You are sent into the world. But if there's no opportunities because you have no margin, you will continue to only ever be a Saturday night church-going Christian. If that, even if you have time for Saturday nights these days. If you have time to show up to your MC. I would love it for everyone to go to everything that we do here, because I'm biased and it's all awesome. Come to Go Nuts with Donuts, go to your MC, come to gathering, serve in a ministry, give faithfully. I love it all. But these things are not designed to be tasks for you. They're meant to be something that helps you develop what God's best is for you. But part of it is a perspective change you have to make. That God, how am I going to create margin in my life for what your best is? I want to read one, one final, final passage tonight from Matthew. And I want you to sit in this, this final verse tonight as we get ready to go into a time of worship. Because I think this passage is one of the biggest anthems around margin that I can, I can give you tonight. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Real quickly, if you have a program in front of you with a pen, write this down. If you have a phone, I just want you to pull it out. It's a little exercise I want us to do. Over this series, I want to ask you to, to have an honest conversation with yourself and the Holy Spirit. There are three areas pertaining to margin that we're going to talk about in this series. And they're kind of all intertwined, in my opinion. I want you to pick one of these three and just say, that's the one I'm working on in this series. Not because it's the easiest one, because it's the one that God wants you to work on in this series. Can we agree to that? The one that you feel challenged, convicted, and led by the Spirit to work on, okay? One of three areas pertaining to margin. The first one is your time. 
you have no margin in your schedule. The second one is money. Is there any margin in your finances? The third one is in your relationships. Do you have any time to love on people? Pick one of those three things, and every week in this series, we will talk about them. But there's something for each one of us in each of those categories. But which one is it for you in this series that if you're honest, you would say, you know what? To use the traffic light analogy, it's a red light. It's a yellow light. It's non-existent. It's stop and go. It's not working. Where is there little to no margin in your life in those, one of those three categories? It may be all three. And let's just take a moment, deep breath, one at a time. Let's just take one at a time. But pick the one in this series that you want God to speak in you in to speak to your heart. I wrote down a Philip's paraphrase of this Matthew passage. I just want to read it to you. Come to me, all who are stressed out, overwhelmed, can't get it done. Come to me, single parents who are about to fall apart. Come to me, business guy who feels like you're going to lose it all. Come to me, mom who has no margin for herself. Come to me, you who feel overwhelmed and insignificant if you're not busy all the time, come to me, everyone. And then this is what Jesus says. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. The Bible says you will find rest. Rest for your soul. Let that sink in for a minute. Rest for your soul. Peace. Assurance. That peace that transcends all understanding. It stems from a, a margin lived life that God has for you. Half of us in the room don't even know what rest is. Half of us in this room don't know what it's like to live generously or to be good stewards of our finances. Half of us in this room don't know what it's like to have relational margin for our neighbors and our friends. And all of us struggle with all three of these at times. Can we be honest about that? I'm challenged and I'm convicted as one of your pastors, as a fellow journeyman in this process, that I am not able at times to faithfully and honestly live out these three areas of margin in my life. But I'm committed to trying to figure it out with you. And I would ask for you to do the same. There's this beautiful concept of accountability that we believe in here at Awakened Church. And we define accountability as helping each one of us reach our God-given potential. So find someone that you will share, whichever three of those things you picked, find someone to share that with. And say, hey, for the next three weeks, this is the thing that I'm praying about, I'm asking God to speak to me about, I'm reading about, I'm journaling about, I'm talking about with my friends and family. It's how to work on this thing. 
Talk to your MC leaders, talk to your DC, find a pastor, find a friend, talk to your spouse, do all the above. It's great to hear a good sermon, guys. It's really awesome. That's great. But if you leave here and don't do anything with March in your life, we just wasted our time. We will never grow and develop into the kind of people that God wants us to be at Awakened Church if you do not create margin in your life. This is an us thing, but it starts with each one of us looking in the mirror and having a personal conversation. So can we commit to that for the next three weeks? Because we're going to have a really awesome vision check series in a few weeks. We're going to be praying for God to do some amazing God-sized things. But I promise you we will not get there over the next 12 to 18 months three to five years of some of the goals we're talking about if we don't create margin in our life right now. There are some amazing things that I truly believe God wants for our church and we will not see it happen or come to fruition if we don't create margin. It starts with learning how to be set free and step two is learning how to create margin. It's not a mistake that we did it this way. Being set free walking in freedom, learning how to exist in God's presence because where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom leads to a life where Jesus says, take on my yoke. I will give you freedom. I will help you create margin. But learn to lead, lean into my presence. Right? We come back to this idea of presence every single time. Talking about freedom exists with God's presence. Creating margin happens when we learn to lean into God's presence in our lives. I'm not interested in you making minor, minor tweaks, guys, just being honest, myself included. I am interested in radical change that leads us to God's best. And some of us feel like we're oceans apart from that happening. And so I wanna encourage you tonight as we worship as we take communion as a church in a few minutes, that there is freedom. You can be set free from the bondage you experience in your finances, in your schedules, and your relationships. You are a carrier of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I promise you that margin is possible. But we got to lean into it together. we got to take that first step as a community. And if you have no idea how to get started, I'm begging you to please come talk to me. I like tacos. Take me out for tacos this week. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we ask right now, as a body of believers, whether we're doubters and skeptics, whether we're far from you, whether we find ourselves intimately sitting close next to you, we know, God, that you have designed us for rest and for margin, for space and capacity to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray against those in the room tonight who already feel overwhelmed, that you would give them a spirit of peace. Father, I pray for those in the room who feel like they have no ability to get a hold of the things we're talking about tonight. It, it seems so far away that, God, you would give them the assurance that you are a God bigger than their problems right now.
God, for myself, I pray that you would help bring balance and margin into my life, into these spaces of all three of these areas. God, I want to be the very best pastor, Christ follower, father, business owner, neighbor, son, brother, and human being that I can possibly be. And I desire to do that. But I know it's not possible apart from you. And tonight, God, I'm reminded that I need to have margin in my life. Space for you to show up and do God-sized things. So God, we submit these things over to you tonight as individuals and as a church. Would you help us to lean in to your voice? And would you speak softly because you are humble and gentle at heart. Speak to our hearts tonight, Jesus. In your name, amen.